Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is Season 5 of Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Listen, laugh, and learn. This week on the show, Garden Path, Geography, and mm, Food. Yummy. And we'll open up the mailbag as we always do, and news from around the world. Totally Useless Information. It's everything you never needed to know. Garden Path with Nick and Roy. How lovely. She sounds like she's smoking some of that available legal cannabis in Toronto. No, no, no. How do you know she's Canadian? Come on, you don't know. She's smoking that Toronto gold. (laughs) (laughs) So here's, speaking of rude, here's some plants with some rude names. The Sausage Tree. <laughs> oh boy. It's sacred to the many African communities and commonly has large sausage shaped fruits hanging from its branches. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's sometimes when I hang out in a little tree house. But go ahead. It, it's often used in herbal remedies and as well for skin treatments, so that you know, okay? The next mm-hmm. rude name from for plants is it nipple wart. Nipple wart. Nipple, nipple wart? W O R T. An edible plant with a yellow flower that is used as an herbal remedy for nursing mothers, nanny goats, and dairy cows. Ah, oh, yeah. so that's the nipple wart. There you go. The shaggy soldier. <laughs> the shaggy soldier is found growing around cities in the in the United Kingdom and has stems and leaves. They take on a hairy look. You know what would be terrible if the shaggy soldier was rubbing up against the sausage plant and uh, started to touch the old nipple boy. The next root plant name is Sticky Willy. Okay. Yeah, you wouldn't want to mix the sausage <laughs> no, plant with the sticky willy uh, no. next to a nipple wart. No, you'd want to see the doctor at that point. The plant has creeping, straggling stems that grow along the ground and over other plants. They attach themselves with small hooked hairs that which, which pretty much grow out of the stems and leaves. Like an Italian woman. Yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> the hair was above their lip. And finally, the the last rude name here, stiff cock. What is that? <laughs> It is stiff cock, okay? Stiff Stiff cock. cock. (laughs) This is a plant. This is a strong smelling plant that has. We just want the people listening right now to understand that when we say stiff cock, we are speaking about the stiff cock plant. The horticultural definition. It's a strong smelling plant, has strong smelling leathering leaves that used to make tea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Steep that for about a minute. Yeah. And claim to be a herbal form of Viagra. Ah, I was just going to say you Nick go. lives close to Niagara, but the stiffcock plant is mainly found in a place called Viagra. <laughs> its its Latin name is Diospiros crescenavius. 
Oh, whatever that means. Yes, it but means it's the herbal form of that's right. The stiff <laughs> cock plant. Whoa, so you got the sausage tree, the stiff cock plant, the Tony, slippery nipple. Where are you going? I I don't know, Nick. I think <laughs> the truth. I feel like a scruffy sailor after listening to that. <laughs> Not the scruff. No, it's the shaggy. You don't so feel like I need a shave. I feel like I need a bath. <laughs> It's the shaggy soldier. The scruffy oh, I'm soldier. sorry, the shaggy soldier. Hey, if you're gonna get the, if you're gonna do this, you have to get the names right, okay? On totally I'm trying to. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to. Okay. After that, there's really not much. The show's over, folks. Thanks for listening. <laughs> One bottle of Chanel Number no. Five, the famous woman's perfume, which, by the way, is I think. For the small bottle is like two hundred bucks or something. Last I checked, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now there could only be a Chanel number no. five tree. That's right. <laughs> Rub it all over your stiff cock. Exactly. Exactly. You would you might want to do that. But um the bottle of Chanel number no. five, one bottle, each one is one thousand jasmine flowers are in that bottle. And one dozen roses, along with, of course, other ingredients and other things like alcohol and so on. But mm -hmm. they use 1,000 jasmine flowers and a dozen roses. Why number nine? No, Chanel number five. Or oh, number five. Number nine what? is yet to come out. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm standing in line. Always ahead of the game, I'll <laughs> tell you the truth. We are. The Gomphocarpus physocarpus. The Gomphocarpus uh, physocarpus. Does this mean like slippery? Uh, no, no. The something plant. The it's 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 a deciduous subshrub, often grown as an annual in, in uh, South Africa. It's it has large inflated. Do they grow them near the sausage tree? No, they, don't. <laughs> <laughs> they they have them by the chicken, so it's sausage and eggs. Okay, um, so it's large inflated bristly seed pods often conveniently are in pairs, okay? Mm -hmm. The species forms an important food plant for the larvae of the monarch butterflies. Oh. Its exuded milky sap is poisonous to humans if ingested. So they're large, inflated, milky sacks. Yes. Small children and livestock, you got to be careful. Now the plants see it. it that's they right. They react like the stiff cock plant well to give you a visual in some communities just to give you a visual this plant is infamously called bishop's balls the bishop's balls plant right this is what they look like now i don't know if you've ever i'm going i'm i'm folks thank you so much for listening i'm going to church now. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm to pray no to see if the bishop's balls look just like that I, i'm telling you i have to confess i i honestly have to go there and say uh, please padre <laughs> <laughs> you're listening to totally useless information My god the last time i went to confession the damn church will fall down <laughs> you go to confession you walk in and go uh father as you put it padre is there a statute of limitations on sins Father, uh, bless me for I have sinned, but honestly, I think you better get some provisions because I'm going to start now. <laughs> this may take a while. What time do you close? <laughs> no, not what time do you close? What time do you retire? <laughs> I am your retirement plan. There we go. And for In those, yes, there we go. We're going to be excommunicated soon. 
Wow. In 1500 B.C., you remember that, Nick. British Columbia, it's a great place in Western Canada. In 1500 B.C., the Egyptians did something that no one had ever done before. And what is that? For the first time ever, they grew gardens for pleasure. Before that, gardens were always done for edible purposes. They were done to survive. They grew plants that they could eat. But for the first time ever, 1500 BCs, 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 yes. He's I right. sounded like some Mexican marauder. These yeah. 1500 and, BCs. You sounded like a Mexican <laughs> rapper. <laughs> I'll have a taco in 1500 BCs. But that was the first time they ever grew gardens for pleasure, oh. to enjoy the pretty flowers, to enjoy the look of the garden. How pretty. Pretty, pretty. So uh, I don't know how good your Greek is, <laughs> but kaprosma, okay? You really have to know your Greek to understand this. Kaprosma okay. means smells like crap. Kaprosma? Yes. And this particular plant, kaprosma, is named this, smells like crap, because of the odor of the crushed leaves of some species. Ah. One species of kaprosma C is currently making the rounds under the more subdued name of a mirror plant. So stay away from the caprosma plant because it does smell like crap. Remember there was another episode we were talking about something that smelled like rotting flesh? Yeah. Yeah, that was always smelled like rotting flesh. I forget what it was called, but we'll have uh, to go back to season uh, three. Season three. Season three. Way back. That'll tell you what our retention level is. Okay. Dandelions are extremely interesting. Not only were they used as flowers, Mm -hmm. but they were also used for their root and leaves, which were eaten in salads or cooked as vegetables. The leaves were also dried and used as a substitute for coffee. So if they ran out of coffee beans, they'd crush up these leaves. And then one time, this guy named Cheech smoked them by mistake and said, oh, man, is 1500 BC. <laughs> Here you go. No, I kid you not. Um, no, wait, wait, wait. Oh, I'm you're, not you're okay. I'll, I'll no, have I'm to not tell finished. you. About- they used it for more. Listen. This dandelion got a lot of usage. They would grind up the leaves and use it as a substitute for coffee. They also used the flowers for wine. They made dandelion wine. Okay. And I'll say it again. They made dandelion wine. Okay. And the color, they extracted the yellow color and used it to dye clothing yellow. So the dandelion was used for so many, so many things. It was brought over by uh, the English uh, to the United States. One of the many stereotypes uh, of uh, Italian, older Italian women, they would go along the side of the highways and pick what they call chicoria, which is chicory, which is like dandelions mm-hmm. in a family of dandelions. Sure. And so you, all you see is you're driving along the highway, along the side there, you see these these uh, Italian, old Italian ladies' butts up in the air on their housecoats. Right, and every once in a while, there was a younger one there, and that was called a car accident. So these are, as we're talking about gardens here on Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy, these are some pronounced botanical names. Narcissus asoanus. Yeah, yeah, that's the Greek plant. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> 
Watch behind you. A perennial bulbous plant native to Spain and France. Okay. What is it? It's the Narcissus asoanus. Oh, I had a friend. He was a gardener. His name was Ben. Ben Dover. (laughs) Next one. Uh, Penstemon whippolanus. Penstemon whippolanus. Right. Deep wine, lavender to black purple, bilateral symmetrical flowers. Ooh. Rubus cockburnianus. Rubus cockburnianus. Yeah, that's a problem. (laughs) It's a shrub. Yeah, you're stuck when that happens. That's right. It's a shrub growing to three meters tall. You're a bit backed up. Uh, (laughs) The small branches are brown or reddish. (laughs) Hairless, waxy, and and arms sparsely with prickles. Hairless and waxed. What did you say? (laughs) Oh, waxy. Waxy and armed with and arms sparsely with prickles. Yeah, the old prickly anus. No, Rubus cockburnianus. And finally, Senecio harianus. Yeah, Senecio harianus. Definitely, without a doubt, one of those plants that... Not waxed. Not not waxed. Not waxed and part of the braided family. A string of footballs as a mounding, trailing, succulent plant with fleshy, oblong leaves that has pointed tips like footballs. Oh, like footballs, the hairy anus. Uh, yes, you finally got one right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the whole they're they're brown patches of footballs <laughs> with pointed tips. With well, pointed there tip. you go. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. uh, yeah. Okay, folks. Now let's discuss this one over dinner. That's from the last show. <laughs> Poor Margaret. <laughs> Right, Parker said that. You know what I learned on totally useless information with Nick and Roy. They were talking yeah. about it. we had a we had a a mailbag in our last episode from a woman named Margaret who discusses this with her family at dinner on Fridays. Right, the episodes come out on Thursdays. Thursdays. They listen to the episode, they take notes, and then they discuss it at the dinner table. Wait till they hear this one. Talk about oh, stiff cocks and whipple anuses and hairy anuses. Uh, the hairy anus. Could you pass the string beans? <laughs> Wow, past the potatoes. Wow. Mm-hmm. Visitors in England can visit a place called the Poison Garden. Yes, the Poison Garden. They can witness over 100 murderous plants. These plants will kill human beings. The visitors can look, but there are signs all over that say visitors can look, but are prohibited from smelling, touching, or tasting so you, you you can only use one sense the sense of looking yeah. Yeah. you cannot and it says you're prohibited from smelling touching and tasting sounds like a strip bar i went to once <laughs> <laughs> that was you you're listening to totally i went up to the girl i said i brought you something it's yeah. the uh, gregory harry anus plant <laughs> You're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Your weekly sweet and savory facts of totally useless information with Nick and Roy. Come and get it! I have a question for you. How do you measure your vegetables? How do I measure my vegetables? vegetables? Yes. 
Um, well, it depends. Are they over seven inches? <laughs> How much? I have a small ruler here. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, wasn't that Napoleon? He was a small ruler. <laughs> so you learn so much on this show. You do. Listen, laugh, and learn. How much is so a much pound? Personal information, like the size of my ruler. That's right. <laughs> Take me to your ruler. That'd be a great bit, right? Take me to your ruler, and then there's a ruler sitting on a chair. <laughs> it's right. like a Stanley tape measure. <laughs> That's right. His name, the name of the ruler, Stanley. Stanley is his name. Stanley, huh? That's right. There you go. You see, as you're listening to this podcast, I know you're, you're expecting totally useless information, but you just witnessed a brainstorm. I think we have some. We have a bit coming up soon where a character named Stanley, and he's a ruler. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. With a bunch of stiff cock plants all over the kingdom. Where are we in food right now? Yes, we are. So, okay. how do you measure your vegetables? How much is a pound of vegetables if you don't have a kitchen scale? Mm. So, here's a pencil. Grab it and I'll wait. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll tell them about it. while they're grabbing a pencil. You go to nickandroy.com, go to contact us, you can leave us an email. Go to nickandroy.com slash birthdays, you can send your loved one a wonderful, unique, and special birthday message. Very cool. Okay, okay, now time's up. I hope you have a pencil. In order for you to produce one pound of asparagus, remember, you don't have a kitchen scale. One pound of asparagus is three cups of chopped asparagus. Mm. A half a pound of broccoli is three cups chopped. So if you need a, a pound of broccoli, it's six cups of broccoli chopped. A pound of carrots is three and a half cups sliced carrots. A pound of mm-hmm. potatoes is three medium potatoes sliced. And finally, a pound of tomatoes is three or four medium-sized tomatoes. So use that as like a, a little sort of, you know. Kind of the threes theory. Yeah. Exactly. A lot of threes there. Exactly. In order for you to- three potatoes, three tomatoes. Let's call the whole thing off. (laughs) Hawaii claims to be the spam capital of the world. I hate when I get that in my inbox. No, not not that spam. Eating spam. Yeah, once. I think my mom tried it once. Like she, she, everyone was talking about it when we were kids, and so she bought it and she sliced it, put it between two. God bless her. God rest her soul. I can just fix your father. Yeah. What the hell is it? This? <laughs> That's right. We got some freshly made super salad cup of cola in uh, in the garage, and and she's yeah. buying spam. Wow, yeah. Hawaii loves spam. They eat spam all the time in Hawaii. It's like their national dish. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's crazy, but. Guess what? They are not the spam capital of the world. They're no, not. no, 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 no. No. And there is actually a spam museum. <laughs> and those who like to watch Monty Python's Flying Circus would be happy. Spam, 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 spam. Okay, but the spam museum is located in Minnesota. So Minnesota is the spam capital of the world. I believe the spam is also produced in Minnesota. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. Uh, if you ever had asparagus, let's say in my previous uh, fact, I was talking about you know in order for you to produce a pound of asparagus, you need to chop three cups of asparagus, and you eat them. And guess what? Asparagus makes your pee smell. I I've heard that. Is it true? I don't, don't eat asparagus. I hate it. Oh, you do. Okay, well you don't hear it. You smell it, so that you know. Okay. Yeah, I don't need it. I don't like it. The puzzling phenomenon is a basis in asparagusic acid, a unique chemical produced only by asparagus. Your liver metabolizes it into sulfur-containing compounds 
that make their way through the kidneys to your bladder and out into the toilet bowl, thus infusing your pee with the characteristic rotten egg bouquet. Our digestive systems are so efficient, it can take as little as 15 minutes for that smell to show up after you've eaten the asparagus. Good for those people. I don't like asparagus. Now, when I go to a restaurant and they put the asparagus on the meal, very upsetting to me. Okay. Have you ever eaten beets before? In fact, it pisses me off. Now, if you ever, <laughs> if you ever eaten beets, and you oh, visited, yes. and you've eaten, the, and you've visited the toilet, and then you you get alarmed by what you see. Oh my God, I'm bleeding! But it's not. Relax. Right. It's just the beets. I love beets. They're great. Great for you. They sell them now in some of those big uh, box stores, whatever they call those package big. Uh, you know, like. Yeah. Um, Ah, come on. We'll just say it. Costco, Sam's Club. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> this episode brought to you by Costco. That's right. No, but um, they sell the beets now in these plastic bags. They're already cooked and they are so delicious because they're vacuum sealed. Right. Oh, love beets. Excellent. Oh, we're on the food subject here. Pennsylvania, home of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Go Steelers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. I love the Steelers. Um, we spoke about spam capital of the world. Well, mm. the mushroom capital of the world, and most people don't know this, mushroom capital of the world is in a place called Kennet, Pennsylvania. Oh. They ship more mushrooms than any other place in the world. They export the largest amount of mushrooms. It's Kennet, Pennsylvania, the mushroom capital of the world. There you go. Uh, they're great people. They're a bunch of fun guys. <laughs> <laughs> I went there. Uh, iron uh, carries oxygen through our blood and through our muscles and brain, making it crucial for both mental and physical health and performance, unlike this program. Uh, the mineral is also essential for helping and maintaining a healthy immune system, regulating body temperatures, all sorts of great things. Now, you're thinking, well, what can I eat other than spinach? Because we all know that Popeye loves spinach, the cartoon Popeye loves spinach, and spinach mm -hmm. has tons of iron. Mm -hmm. what, what are some of the foods that are high in iron other than spinach? Beef, chicken thighs because of the dark meat. Yeah, I'm a thigh man. <laughs> yeah, you're more, like, <laughs> you're more like an ass man because people say you're an ass man. Uh, dried apricots, lentils, which, which we've talked about before. Which Love lentils. Lentils, a great source of protein as well. And of course, as we, as you'll learn, as you go back to previous episodes of Totally Uses Information with Nick and Roy, lentils are uh, the number one export product of Saskatchewan here in Canada. And also oysters are a uh, source of high iron. And zinc. And zinc. That's why they're aphrodisiacs. There you go. The Mayans and the Aztecs invented so many things, a lot of irrigation things, things like that. Uh, but one thing that was that they invented is used till this day by millions of people all around the world. Every year you have at least one or two of these. Nick. Yeah. Okay. You know what it is? No. A hot chocolate. Oh, I love yes. hot chocolate, yeah. They called it um, a fuego uh, cacao. I just made that up. <laughs> In BC. The cacao plant to them was chocolate. No, but but anyway, so they invented this. They would take the, the cacao plant, extract it, and heat it up, 
and they invented hot chocolate. That's exactly what we drink today is hot chocolate. Beautiful. Speaking mm. of hot stuff, New Mexico residents believe that they are the champions. We are the champions. When it comes to their tolerance for eating spicy foods, according to new research, a survey of 5,000 Americans, about 100 people in each of the 50 states, they asked the respondents about their ability to handle spicy foods and found that New Mexicans were the most likely to believe that their state has a higher than average tolerance for the spice. Tied for second was Louisiana and Texas. Wow. This research was done on behalf of Tums. Go figure. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Respondents Cheesy. were asked. No, not cheese. No, no cheese involved here, just Tums. Well, Pepper uh, Jack. Okay. Uh, <laughs> respondents were asked which states they believe have the spiciest cuisine. According to the survey, Louisiana was the clear winner at 42%. The yeah, Louisiana, when I went to New Orleans, yeah. they have this hot sauce, Crystal. This segment brought to you by Crystal Hot Sauce. No, no, no. Hey, Crystal. It's called Crystal Hot Sauce. You can buy it in just about any store. Yeah. It's very similar to Tabasco, but it's everywhere. Everywhere you go, including the men's room. No, no, I'm joking. No. <laughs> I knew that sounded familiar. By the way, the craziest spicy food that the respondents had ever tried were chili-covered ants, Ooh. chicken during a spice challenge at a restaurant, and a ghost pepper. Wow. Which residents say. Uh, Chili covered ants. ants. Yes. A spicy. And cow covered uncles. And those people <laughs> who ate the ghost peppers regretted it and still regretting it to this day. There are some of those peppers that people have been hospitalized after eating. My wife can eat just about anything spicy. Oh. She is a spice lunatic. She loves it. Okay. So we go to Nashville and she says, let's go to this place. And Nashville, they call it. Uh, hot chicken and that's really fried chicken but they they spice everything up this the, the batter is spiced up but anyway we go into hattie b's this segment brought to you by hattie b's yep. now hattie b's is a very famous chicken place in nashville actually the most famous fried chicken so you go into hattie b's you wait online like an idiot it could be raining you're a block on this line soaking wet you go into hattie b's and they ask you like what spice level do you want and of course my wife is like Oh, suicide is good for me. <laughs> yeah. wow. And I'm like, hey, listen to the lady. <laughs> she knows her hot stuff. Look who she's it's with. My wife, I give her whatever she wants. No. <laughs> so she orders this, whatever the hell it was called, suicide or whatever. Yeah. We get to the table with some friends. My wife has nothing to drink, but this guy's wife had something like, you know, lemonade or something. Yeah. And my wife takes one bite of this chicken. I noticed sweat starting to run down her ah, brow. There you go. She actually is turning red. She drops the chicken, grabs the friend's water oh. or lemonade, whatever the hell it was, sticks her tongue into this woman's drink. <laughs> she literally couldn't speak. She couldn't talk. Uh, well, that would be speaking, I guess. Yeah. Neither, she, neither she couldn't can breathe. You. Yeah. I meant couldn't breathe. Yeah. She couldn't speak. She couldn't breathe. It was insanely hot. It was the hottest thing she's ever tasted. It was Hattie B's suicide chicken. Wow. Yeah. So now they're not just friends. They're best friends. You're listening yeah. to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Throw away your totally useless GPS. It's time for geography. So get lost with Nick and Roy. Well, since you've been on the road a lot. 
Tell yeah. us your geography fact today, Roy. Of the 25 highest peaks in the world, they chose the 25 highest peaks. 19 of the 25 are in one place, the Himalaya Mountains. Super. There you go. That's how high those mountains are. But even though they're that high, um, the, there is a Mexican mountain or South American mountain that is closer to the moon. Remember, we spoke about the arc That's of the right. earth. That's right, yeah, yeah. in the center, uh -huh. which was really cool. But 19 of the 25 highest peaks in the world are in the Himalayan mountains. Ain't no mountain high. No. Uh, putting the fall in Niagara Falls, in 1901, an American school teacher named Annie Taylor became the first person to plunge over the falls in a barrel. The 63-year-old woman survived this dangerous stunt and warned others not to follow her in her reckless footsteps. But as you know how people are stupid, uh, her wise words have fallen on deaf ears because some adrenaline junkies used barrels, rubber balls, jet skis, and even a kayak No, <laughs> to try to... The uh, kayak guy died, right? I believe, yeah. I mean, think about it. I, but even just, I would die just thinking about it. So don't do this. Just, you know, just pretend that, just go visit the falls, what it is. Those of you who haven't been there, Niagara Falls is tall. Yeah, it is. And it's beautiful. Just watch it from it afar, like everyone else does. And even though I'm American, and I think everything about America is so much better than Canada. No, no, I'm joking. Mm -hmm. I, America's great, but the Canadian side of the falls is pretty. Far better. Yeah, we've heard that many, many times. We know what we got. It is. And you could visit my friend's restaurant. <laughs> oh, Napoli Ristorante? Oh, Napoli's the best. And if you're in Niagara Falls, you go to Napoli. Yeah. It's the best. Uh, there are 43 buildings. In, in Manhattan, buildings are massive. For those of you that have never been to Manhattan, they're massive. Yep. They're super tall skyscrapers. They're the size of a city block. I mean, they're literally massive. But this will give you an idea of how massive they really are. There are 43 buildings in Manhattan in New York that have their own zip codes. Oh, wow. So like a town would have a zip code. Yeah. 43 of these buildings have zip codes. So I worked at NBC Radio 30 Rockefeller Plaza years ago, and we had our own zip code. That's one of the buildings. Huge. Yeah, that's Plaza. huge, that building. I remember that. Well, that's great, right? Um, Nick used to get me tickets to go see the Letterman show. Yeah. When it first came out. It was so popular. It was right? great. Uh, so you talk about some crowded mountains. You were talking about mountains earlier. The Canadian Rocky Mountains are the Serengeti of North America. The mountains hold the distinction of being home to spectacular array of wildlife, including grizzly bears, black bears, foxes, Wolverines, coyotes, lynx, wolves, moose, mountain goats, elk, mule deer, those are dumb deer, uh, caribou, bison, and white-tailed deer. Kind of crowded up there. Mm -hmm. Lots of animals. Los Angeles, the city of angels. Yeah, on what planet? Mm -hmm. Its real name, the real name for Los Angeles is El Pueblo de Nostra Senora La Reina de Los Angeles de Pornasula. Mm -hmm. Just say it L.A. Later, yeah. yeah, it was later shortened to Los Angeles. 
or just L.A., even make it even. I mean, can you imagine, though, that that was the name you talk about zip codes? Could you imagine having to write that on a postcard? And then you make a mistake and you have to cross it out and start again. Well, you'd actually write like hi and then have to put the address to take up the rest of the postcard. That's right. (laughs) That's how they knew you were alive. The Royal Canadian Mint hails from the prairies. Canada's nickels, dimes, quarters, and 50-cent pieces, loonies, which is our dollar, and toonies, which is our $2 coin, are all made at this impressive Winnipeg building of the Royal Canadian Mint. And not just stopping there at Canadian currency, the Mint also crafts coins for 60 other governments around the globe. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. We're nice people. Yeah, they make a lot of loonies there. That's right. There's loads of loonies. Yeah, we we love change. I've been to Toronto. (laughs) (laughs) I tell you, it's expensive to live in Toronto. Yeah, I uh, just had to change the uh, the cardboard box. Uh, it rained yesterday. I was going to so. say, except for the street. <laughs> That's right. It rained It rained this morning. I just had to change my cardboard box. I have a whirlpool now. <laughs> I'm moving up in the world. <laughs> it went from a Sears to a whirlpool box. Good for you. Good for you. Every continent has a city named Rome. Huh. So I'm going to say you have Rome in Europe, right? continent of Europe. Uh-huh. You have Rome, Texas. In uh, North America. Okay. And you have Rome in the Queensland of Australia. There's only one continent that doesn't have a city of Rome, and that is Antarctica. Wow. Does not have a city of Rome. When you're in Rome, except there. Mm-hmm. Sure. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, and one last Canadian fact here, as we talk about geography on totally useless information with Nick and Roy, Canada Place contributes orally to Vancouver's soundtrack. Each day at noon, the heritage horns at Canada Place rings out loud the first four notes, the Canadian National Anthem. I thought they closed Canada Place. In Vancouver? Oh, no, no. You're thinking of Ontario Place in Ontario. Oh, yeah, I love yeah. that. That was beautiful. Yeah, actually, they're looking, as we are recording at this time, um, the Ontario, there's a group of, of two or three companies that are bidding to revitalize and redevelop Ontario Place. It was a great destination spot, but this is Canada Place on the West Coast in BC, of all places. First time I had ever come up to Canada to see you yep. with my wife, and my son was like one. One, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he was a little baby. We have pictures. It was such a beautiful place. It is. Place Speaking of beautiful. beautiful, you're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy, and you can go to our website, you beautiful people, and send us an email, nickandroy.com. What's in the mailbag? What's in the mail? Where did you find that mail, Nick, at nickandroy.com? NickandRoy.com, as did Diane Singleton from Windsor, Ontario. I know that today's show is uh, Canadian heavy, but uh, this is just how it it turned out. This was not planned this way. So Diane Singleton from Windsor, Ontario writes, Dear Nick and Roy, thank you for doing what you do on your show. I'm embarrassed to admit that I often use your facts that you present on the show. Don't be embarrassed. It's a great thing. I always have pen and paper handy so I can write down the interesting things you guys talk about. Here's my question. Nick, since you are in Canada and Roy's in the States, can you tell me, are there any words or expressions that are different in the two countries? I know you both speak English, 
<laughs> you poor thing. But I, <laughs> she thinks that's what it is. That's right. Uh, but I was curious about the differences. So here we go. Here's 10, 10 items here. Canadians use the term 2-4 for a case of beer that has 24 bottles in it mm-hmm. or cans. Canadians use the, the term Molson Muscle to describe a beer belly. Molson muscle. Because Molson is a beer. Canadians order a double-double when they want coffee with two milk or cream and two sugars. Double-double. In Canada, Caesar is not a salad. It's like a Bloody Mary in the States. Mm -hmm. Americans pay their electric bills. Canadians pay their hydro bills. Oh, you call it a hydro bill? That's right. Yep. So I live in Toronto and I don't have a hydroelectric bill. I have a hydro bill. Uh, No, my electricity isn't run by water. Uh, Americans turn on faucets. Canadians turn on the tap. Americans use napkins to wipe their mouths at lunch. Canadians call it serviettes. What Americans call rubber bands, Canadians call elastics. Americans wear bathrobes. Canadians wear housecoats. And of course, this is a popular one. Americans call it the letter Z. In Canada, we call it the letter Z. Z. Right, Zed. There you go. Diane Singleton from Windsor, Ontario. Thank you very much for your email. And as we told everybody, you go to our website, send us an email, go to nickandroy.com. And now for something completely useless. A man named Vlad Pravik was the first firefighter to reach the Chernobyl nuclear power plant after the Russian nuclear disaster. Oh. He was the first person to actually step foot there. The radiation was so strong that within minutes of his arrival, his eye color changed from brown to bright blue. Wow. Yes. Don't worry. According to the Russian government, there were no other side effects <laughs> because 15 days later he died. Oh, so there were no other side effects. They said, of course, there were no other side effects. Poor Vlad died. Hey, today yeah. on the show, we speaking of radioactive. We talked about gardens and geography and food. It's time for the news. And now from around the corner and around the world. This is TUI News. In the past year, as more people have been working from home, physical therapists have been seeing an increase in patients, what they call dead butt syndrome, or DBS. Dead butt syndrome. DBS, for short, which is a pain, numbness, literally a pain in the ass. It's a double oxymoron because they, they've been seeing patients. That's there right. are no more patients left. <laughs> right. left Tingling in the butt, which can be extended to the lower back and legs. If you ever stood up after sitting for a while and felt that tingling and numbness in your butt, that's what the BS feels I, like. I, 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 I'm honest with you, Nick. I've never felt the tingling in my butt. Well, then maybe you're sitting properly or maybe not sitting. Well, I have had my leg fall asleep. That's right. And Sometimes uh, one leg. Sometimes two legs, sometimes a third leg. Quote, once these symptoms <laughs> once these symptoms persist for more than an hour or two, you're really noticing that they're affecting you during the day, that it would be something that you should recommend and uh, check out your doctor. Recommend? Doc- you Re- said something you should recommend? Recommend. Oh, getting, is this still the tingling it uh, is rear syndrome? Dead butt. Dead, <laughs> yeah. dead butt. 
For you, it's TRS, Tingling Rare Syndrome. Mm-hmm. I it's saw rare. that movie, too, Citizen Kane. No, not that one. Dead butt. Dead <laughs> butt. Oh, I'm sorry. That was Rosebud. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> he must have spread his cheeks. It's a toss between The Shining and Citizen Kane. Dead butt. <laughs> DBS, which is the medical term according to Dr. Tyler Detmer, is usually attributed to weak gluteal muscles. And this condition is not a formal medical diagnosis, however, but rather an umbrella term. Well, don't put that there. Right. Uh, you never put an umbrella in. Oh, never. Boy. Never. If you have, listen, if you have tingling butt syndrome, <laughs> do not use an umbrella as an aid to that. Now it's TBS. Because, you know, yeah. those little buttons on the umbrella, sometimes, <laughs> boom, that thing will open up. You look like a carnival ride. <laughs> Now it's TBS. You could watch movies on your butt. <laughs> Old movies. Tingling butt syndrome. That's with right. A, with, with looks like a damn uh, uh, a big tent. <laughs> Go see your doctor anyway. What would you use, though? I mean, what, what are the remedies to this tingling butt syndrome other than an umbrella? Probably massage. Because we should give the... We should give the listening audience a chance to have something to use <laughs> other than an go, umbrella. Go, We're telling them not to use Go the see your doctor and have someone massage you. Maybe one of them little back scratches <laughs> that have like, it appears to be like a small little hand. That's right. <laughs> you might lose that too. You might want to tie like a surfboard to that back scratcher. <laughs> yeah, you may will, not want to lose that. Uh, yeah. We have to go now because we have to go scour the internet and other sources to check out more useless information for you guys. Thank you for joining us. It's like us. a Mary Poppins nightmare with the umbrella. <laughs> so we, you have to wait a whole week for you to get more totally useless information. In the meantime, go to www.nickandroy.com. NickAndRoy.com. You will be amazed at our website. You can listen to almost 80 shows now, five seasons. We are hot as hell in 57 countries and counting. So tell a friend about the trend. I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. Thanks for listening. Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy is a production of NickAndRoy.com. Visit NickAndRoy.com to access the full library of episodes or wherever you get your podcasts. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.